And welcome back to the Bible Pirate Podcast. Oh, I've been shipwrecked. Three years, almost, to the day it's been since the last podcast episode was released. I wanted to tell you about it, about what happened. So two things, really. One was that the workload of doing the translation through the whole of the Pentateuch, the whole of the books of the law, uh, it turned out, perhaps not surprisingly to any of you, to be completely overwhelming. So I'd done Genesis, which was a huge task, but actually then to get into Exodus and there were so many complex decisions to make and then to get through all of that, all of Leviticus, or you know, so on. Anyway, uh, it turned out that was too ambitious. Um and all of my love for the uh, patrons who helped support the last voyage, I uh, really, really appreciated your support. Um, but in the end, that wasn't enough to uh, make it even close to financially viable for me. So I had to pause all of that work. But the other reason I've been shipwrecked is I was floored by my own conclusions from the reading of Genesis. If you listened to the second voyage, I spent quite a chunk of that time looking at the story of the near sacrifice of Isaac. And I drew out from that that it was Elohim that commands Abraham to make the sacrifice. But then it's Yahweh who steps in and stops it. And as you know, I've been setting up this conflict or this tussle between these two characters, which often get translated and used as the same character, and I've wanted to treat them differently, which the Hebrew text allows for. But up until that point, Elohim had felt like the good guy. Elohim is the pluralist the one who's open and inclusive. Yahweh is the tribal, cut things apart, separate people, instigate violence, turn people against each other. And that drama was playing out in a way that made me feel that Elohim was the character I was rooting for and Yahweh was the character I had real suspicions about. And then suddenly this moment where this pluralist, globalising God demands that for the sake of pluralism and something bigger, you sacrifice your family, you sacrifice your own child. And it's the tribal God, the God who says, I don't care about that bigger thing. I care about the local, the immediate, the personal, the familial. I'm going to protect that at all costs. And he rescues Isaac from the the tyranny of what this big globalising project demands of Abraham and his family. I didn't fully 
have that in mind before I started the second voyage. And producing the episodes brought me face to face with a conundrum that feels like it's presenting itself forcefully as one of the key political issues of our time. And actually, in the three years since I made that episode, this language has become more and more explicit. And it's particularly becoming more and more explicit in far-right and alt-right groups. The problem is globalisation. The globalists erase our local identity. The globalists will sacrifice family. Humans can't exist outside tribes. Universalism, even universal human rights, is a kind of fantasy myth that masks the fact that it doesn't really work in practice at all. And I've been struggling, really, with those questions. I want nothing to do with the poison of the far right, whether it's old school or alt. So much of that logic or that story becomes a justification to hurt people in all kinds of ways, to pick on the vulnerable, to make life harder for people who are already struggling. But I'm not entirely able to throw off the concern that the universalising, liberal, humanist, individualist demand that comes to us through the globalisation that we're living through still isn't somehow demanding sacrifices that feel like they break certain ties that do bind us in life together, in community, family. And the question is how to respond to that concern. In some ways, I'm saying nothing new here. People have been reflecting on the, the problem of globalisation and how it erases the local for decades now. And I'm certainly not suggesting that somehow we follow that right-wing reaction that says, no, we just need to reassert the nuclear family or even the more extreme version that says, well, no, actually, racism is fine because it's basically asserting your tribe. Down that road lies poison and destruction. But the question remains, with whom do we make alliances? Who is our kin? If we don't just want to accept a reaction that says all this acceptance of difference is actually bad because it forces us to sacrifice the ties that we previously held. If we want to embrace difference, if we want to acknowledge the power 
of difference. Then we need some way of understanding how we form kinships. If we are not to atomize into a rubble heap of individualism, where countless tiny individual pieces just sit heaped in a pile without any meaningful relation, but at least individual. Down that route is a total loss of agency, masked by a fantasy that you can be whoever you want without consequence. So how do we make kin? How do we understand the relationships that put constraints on us, but that give our lives meaning and hold a mirror to the real material impact that our lives, our actions, our words, our choices have in the world. So this has been what I've struggled with over the last three years. Since I made the last episode, I started a PhD at Queen's University in Belfast in Northern Ireland. I'm studying in translation studies But my focus is particularly how the stories we tell are translated through the material practice of our lives. And my hope is that before too long I can set off on a third voyage where I can pick up that theme. How do we make kin? Particularly in an age in which the material realities of our lives are being totally rewired by advances in technology, by machine intelligence, and at the same time we're living in a world threatened by climate apocalypse and the material choices we make are now driving in a much more forceful way a threat to the very existence of our species. But in the meantime, I've put together the Bible Pirate Advent Calendar. This is a 24-part story. There's no Bible pirate commentary from me. This is me reading what I've described as part imaginative retelling and part edited original translation. So I've taken big chunks from the unauthorised version, including quite large sections that you won't have heard before, I've edited them down and then I've set them in a narrative context that I'm hoping allows for the story of the Old Testament to unfold in a way that it makes sense if you don't know the narrative plotline. I've said all along with this podcast that the reason for Bible Pirate at the root is that I'm a Bible fan. The story the stories, the complexity of it, the drama, the characters, the settings continued to captivate me and I wanted to tell the story well. But it's incredibly difficult. There's a reason that the Bible is not told well and it's to do with the fact that there are multiple authors and that the settings for events are not clear. 
And unless you spend a huge amount of time in these texts, in these stories, you don't understand where certain things are taking place or who they relate to or what other characters they might be referencing. I basically love the Bible because I think it is post-structuralist heaven in the sense that whatever you say, whatever story you come up with, whatever version, there is always something else in that canon that will utterly undermine whatever you choose. It is endlessly unfinishable. So anyway, this Advent calendar is a 24-part version of the Old Testament. It's part imaginative retelling. It's part original translation. And I really hope you like it. I'm going to release episodes each day from the 1st to the 24th of December, going live at 6am Melbourne time in honour of uh, all of you who approach each day before the rest of us. And a shout out to all the Melbourne listeners of Bible Pirate. I would love to hear from you, so please get in touch. Bible Pirate is on Facebook and Twitter. And also, I've just relaunched BiblePirate.com where you can find all episodes of the podcast, but also, crucially, the text of the unauthorised version. Uh, and you can get in touch there. So I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the Advent calendar. Tell your friends, get the word out, and I will see you again soon for more Stories Beyond the Horizon. <laughs>